0: Hello, everybody and welcome to another episode of andrew and andrew on texas criminal defense mr decker yes sir you're, you're looking springy today well it's
1: springtime in texas it is springtime this, i mean uh, i know that because my allergies are going crazy, going Everything's crazy. Turning green right including uh, my boogers oh and, sorry that might have been too much awkward. information
0: yeah i was gonna say the beer was green i mean we're recording this a day after
1: saint patty's day i i I did not have any beer yesterday. You look good. You look good. You probably can tell I didn't have any beer, right? (laughs) Sound clear.
0: (laughs) Um, and you know, I'm really excited for this, for this episode for these, uh, podcast guests that we have today.
1: Yeah. These Um, are guys that I, well, if we were in court on a regular basis, I would probably see them on a semi-regular basis.
0: Yeah. Right. I mean, they're, they're, they always, you kind of see them around the, the, uh, tim curry justice center it's tarrant county's courthouse criminal right. courthouse right and in the hallways so who, who are we're we talking about oh i was asking you
1: oh uh we're talking about nick, nick
0: davis and, and blake burns, and right? Blake burns yeah. right hey
2: guys how are y'all
0: doing good how y'all doing hey Pretty andrews good. thanks for
2: thanks for having us on
0: absolutely um we'll stumble through this one today but just quickly uh give us a short intro blake you want to go first um you know who are you where are you from how'd you get started in criminal defense
3: uh, blake burns um Been doing criminal defense since 2009. I'm board certified in criminal defense, which is, you know, most of what I do. But uh, sometimes that involves asset forfeitures. Um, I got into it because my dad's been doing it for about 44 years now, I think. Uh, Moved in with him after law school and just tried to learn whatever I could and kind of went out on my own, but had a good teacher in-house.
0: Yeah. No, that, that's great. And um, yeah, it's nice to have that. We have talked with a couple other attorneys who started out because their, you know, their family member, of their family was in the law and um, they were able really to take their, take that practice, start off on that foundation and just run with it. I mean, Jeep Darnell, um, Todd, uh, uh, oh my gosh. Todd, Todd, yeah, right down in Houston. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, so ha- having a springboard never hurts, right? I mean, having a little bit of a legacy and a name to build on. So good for you. Um, so, Nick, what's what, Todd Dupont? He's the right. author of, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Nick, how did you get into it?
2: Well, um, I originally wanted to be a rich real estate lawyer, but in 2008, that those prospects were few and far to come from. So, I uh, I actually met. Blake in law school and um, kind of interned with his dad. And I remember uh, kind of going to, uh, in one day we did a suppression in CDC one in Tarrant County. Then we went and tried a speeding ticket in municipal court in Fort Worth Then drove to Dallas and did a oral argument on appeal. And I just thought that's kind of how normal lawyers did it. I didn't, I didn't realize till later that Danny was kind of a, an outlier as far as uh, the, the very, the varied uh, practice or criminal practice that he did. So I was kind of inspired by that, and anyways, fast forward about uh, I don't know 13, 14 years, and here I am doing criminal defense uh, office with Blake. We try a lot of, we've tried a lot of cases together, um, but we're kind of our own in- entities, uh, even though we kind of um, use each other uh, on, on trials often.
0: Right.
1: right. We, inter- we understand. how that works. Yeah,
0: and that that's yeah. a that's kind of a common arrangement there, right? Like sharing office space or officing next door to another attorney trying cases together but you're also you know you're not a partnership right right sounds familiar mr decker
1: yes not a partnership gotcha right <laughs> so
0: today we're talking about Blake. you kind of mentioned it earlier asset forfeiture this is one of those like side you know kind of collateral to criminal defense or related to criminal defense in a way right yeah
3: um I'd say a pretty common way that the ball gets rolling on one of those uh, happened in our last trial, too. A guy gets uh, arrested for something, and he calls his friends and says, hey, I've got $20,000 in my safe at home, and the police are listening to that call, and then they run over there and make sure that they don't get to keep that cash.
2: <laughs> All right. You go in your personal safe and, and, and seize it. And, and its I think
0: it's been in the news a lot lately, like just, a, just as a means of the state kind of taking advantage of, uh, of, of private citizens and, and maybe seizing some things that just they shouldn't be seizing. Um, so
1: so when, when can the state seize your property? I mean, I, I, I can't imagine that the, the government can just walk in and like take, take my it, stuff, whatever. but we do hear about, you know, in our cases and also in the news you know so much cash was seized right twenty thousand dollars
3: right well they got a they got a probable cause to take it in the first place that uh, it was the contraband it was a result of some crime that's enumerated in the forfeiture statute they don't have to be real specific about that um and then they'd have to show by pro or not probable cause um preponderance of the evidence yeah, right. that it had some substantial nexus to one of those crimes for them to be able to keep it
2: yeah that's the that's the big key there's the, the difference between like you were saying and you coming you know the government coming into your home and taking it that's just a matter of a simple warrant you know and we our last you know the case that we tried recently that was based on just one phone call uh, obviously they had a criminal case that Uh, preceded that investigation but as far as the cash the dallas county uh, district attorney's office had no idea about the cash until one jail recorded phone call and they used that as their basis to get into this man's home in his personal safe and take everything in the safe including that cash
1: yeah that seems problematic that so terrifying so we're going to get to that case in a little bit, but but things that that are often taken uh, in an asset forfeiture in that in that affidavit, um, cash obviously we've talked about. Um, what other kind of things? What are some some obvious things that you've seen or or heard? Well,
3: I think the probably the most basic one is. For whatever reason, the government thinks they can prove that you did a big drug deal, but they didn't quite catch you with the drugs, but they caught you with all the money. If they think they can prove up there was a drug transaction, they get to keep that money. Um, And usually, like any weapons that would be found with the money. Yeah. Right. Right. If if they had some sort of, you know, substantial nexus to one of those enumerated crimes in the chapter 59 of the of the code of criminal procedure. Right. Um, uh, another yeah, big so one is
1: like, a- I, I had a guy whose pickup truck was seized, uh, because they said that he was delivering. He only had about five grams of, of, of a controlled substance, but because he was driving to what they believe to be a drugs, sp- a, a drug deal, uh, they seized his vehicle, um, and said that he couldn't do delivery without it.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've seen that before. And Johnson County seems to have a favorite trick. If they think you're stealing trailers, uh, they'll take the truck that you use to transport those trailers and call that, you know, substantial nexus to the crime.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Johnson. We could we could probably have a whole episode on uh, Johnson County things that go on there. Uh, Andrew (laughs) and I have had a handful of cases down there. We actually shared one. with some with some dudes they had a they had their entire business raided everything the entire was seized. business. and then the case wasn't even filed it was just closed out and they're like no we got everything we wanted that's it yeah. uh which i mean i guess our clients were happy they're just like well i mean we're out of business but we don't but at least we didn't go to any... jail right, right right yeah it's all so, relative yeah, so that, this is all in chapter what 59 of the code of criminal procedure so all of and our... chapter
2: and chapter 18 18 also provides for a a forfeiture of, of sorts that's where you see a lot of your guns being taken like on when they don't file a ucw or even when they do on dwis or gambling machines you know those coin operated machines and they go and bust the gas station uh deals so they can forfeit under that as well
0: okay so 18 and 59 correct gotcha okay
1: see things well, we things we missed exactly so to be clear uh, this is not technically a criminal proceeding, is it?
3: No. Uh, it says in Chapter 59 that everything is going to be governed uh, by the uh, Texas rules of civil procedure. So you got those discovery rules, which are weird for people like us. You know, <laughs> we're used to the state having to turn over everything to us. Um, but it's kind of the opposite with these because your client probably has all the evidence as far as like where the money came from, you know, if you have some sort of defense. Um, So that's a bit weird, but not, yeah, yeah. it's a civil proceeding.
0: Yeah. And so you got to look at the, the uh, discovery rules and, you know, propound discovery and interrogatories and, Man, my head hurts. My head just started hurting for a
2: reason. All those things that make criminal defense lawyers' uh, skin crawl.
1: Right. All the reasons we don't do civil work. (laughs) Um, But also, uh, there's been some case law, as as I was prepping for today, that says that any punishment, including the the loss of of property, is not punishment in the criminal proceeding. It is separate and apart. It's kind of like an ALR hearing. That cannot, cannot be – it's not a double jeopardy issue if they've been found uh, to have lost property. It doesn't preclude further uh, uh, punishment under the criminal code. Right. So just fun. And that
2: like, that kind of goes both ways, though, because they also can't use in the civil case and the forfeiture the egregiousness or whatever of the crime to justify forfeiting more money.
1: right. Yeah, there's no punitive damages,
2: if you will. Right. And you know, it, it also dismissals and convictions are admissible in this in the forfeiture hearing, which can be obviously helpful or, or very not very much not helpful.
0: So are you finding that this is um, that these cases go that far? They go to some dispositive hearing or they go to a trial of some sort, or or is it, you know, just like you know, in criminal cases, so many cases are resolved by agreement with the, with the state.
3: I think most of them are agreements because, you know, at some point, if they're going to give 80% of the money back, you know, you don't want to risk losing everything to a jury because, you know, we know there's always uncertainty there. Somebody doesn't like your tie on the jury and you get poured out. But, um, you know, at some point it's just not worth, the juice ain't worth the squeeze to keep fighting it all the way.
1: Right. And sometimes the, the amount being forfeited is small enough that the effort to fight that becomes the, 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 I've had clients look at it and go, the profit or loss margin on what it would take to fight. The forfeiture is not worth what I'm going to lose. Like I'm going to get it. I'm going to, if I, if I won, I'd net a thousand dollars or something. And they're just like, I can't, I can't take right. that that expense as I face a criminal charge
3: at the same time. And you know, you got your fee too. So,
1: <laughs> right you know, exactly. at some point,
3: if the number not high enough, it, it's really not worth them even, you know, messing with. So, how does a, a client object
1: or fight an a- assets for assets forfeiture? Kind of tell, walk us through the process
3: a little bit. Well, first thing would be hire an attorney. But
0: um,
3: <laughs> they, I tell people they got 20 days to file a written denial. And if they have to do it on their own, that's better than nothing. Just put the style of the case on there and say, I deny everything generally. Now, you, you actually have the following Monday after 20 days, but I, I don't trust myself or anybody else to keep track of that. So I just say 20 um, days. When you get notice, you got 20 days to respond. And yeah, once it, you get it, the response done.
0: time on those civil cases is so weirdly worded. Um, you know, the Monday preceding the 20th day after, I mean, it's just like, it's crazy. Um, right. I, I agree with you, man. Just tell, I even like tell your you know potential clients, like, I don't know, you got 15 days. That, that's when I would do it just to give the attorney plenty of time. I mean, I, are you guys filing like a general denial or are you actually, you know, a specific denial or procedurally what do you what do you guys like starting the process with
3: as general as i can get away with right you can always you know
2: change it later of course right in fact
3: that's usually exactly what i write we deny all the allegations in the state's petition generally period
0: yeah and are you initiating discovery or is that are you just
2: um
0: negotiating with the state after that um
2: kind of depends on the county yeah each each county kind of handles it differently terrence pretty decent at calling you know most of them are going to call and try to get a, a negotiation of course you know attorneys always looking for the um what's what's the the quick way out but um typically if it doesn't resolve then you have to you know file your discovery uh plans and and we haven't had any i guess dallas was a little rough on trying to get the discovery but you know that's not that's that that's like criminal as well you know just county by county as far as uh how hard it is to get discovery
3: and i try to do it by phone because you know because it's a civil case if you start filing for discovery that kicks in a bunch of deadlines and you know yeah it seems a bit nuclear when i could just pick up the phone and say hey if y'all have some videos can i see them
0: right yeah yeah that that's the criminal defense attorney side of you right i mean (laughs) right yeah Yeah. it's like why that when i i was uh when i was a civil lawyer for a couple years that was my least favorite thing is dealing with other civil lawyers they're like sure you can file your motion file your you know send me some interrogatories i'll get you whatever you want i'm like no man come on
3: yeah Just, just
0: email me it's so easy
3: Right, that's they, I always try that first.
0: <laughs> I figure other people are just you know charging their clients based on the pieces of paper they waste.
1: All right, that's so true. so you I file a another. general denial and and hopefully get some evidence, some discovery. Uh, h- how that happens exactly will depend county to county, but uh, basically, you get some discovery, you find out what their basic reasoning is then what happens? I mean, truly just kind of, you know, what's the next steps?
3: Well, so, so they've turned over, usually the first thing it gets the affidavit that's attached to the petition. And that's kind of like basically the police report. Um, so at that point, you got to call your client and say, Hey, where does money come from? Or give me some bank statements you know who knows what they tell you but i'm a youtube rapper that's the one i got a couple days ago so okay we'll go on to youtube i'm sure they have some sort of paper trail that you get a check from them
0: no nah, youtube no they don't have any there's no paper trail with youtube they hate paper no
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah some, some something in writing you know log on show me where that money came from where i got to your account you know if it's about the same amount, or if you could have saved, you know, just give me something, where'd that money come from? Right. I mean, surely your client's not 24 seven, just selling drugs. If you are, you may be in trouble, but
0: (laughs) yeah. um, Yeah. So without that proof, it's likely that, you know, basically just, you know, sign, sign it away. The state may, is likely to prevail without some proof showing this is legally obtained funds. Right. Right.
3: I I think you got to go into court with something on these cases because it's just preponderance. You know, you don't have much of a presumption in your favor. Right. I mean, they do have the burden of proof, but.
2: Unless you get a a dismissal. Yeah. Then you have a presumption.
3: Yeah. If they dismiss all the the criminal case.
2: Correct. Gotcha. Right. But if
1: several of the forfeitures I've actually had go to a hearing. The hearing went before the case did. Yeah. Yeah. um, so it was well before the actual, uh, in mine was an innocent owner claim. It was kind of crazy. You know, a couple of them were, you know, where like a parent or a friend said, no, that's my stuff. Um, and they still were able to keep the truck or keep the, uh, the asset that was seized.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, we try to avoid war stories on this show but you guys just won an asset forfeiture case in full didn't you this was recent
2: wasn't it Yep, yeah, it was uh as, well besides the whole year we took off from jury trials oh sure it was right so, at the so end can we talk night. about
0: that a little bit um you know some details uh, as much as you are able to disclose like what what happened in the case and then how did you guys win this yep. asset forfeiture case?
3: Well, it was a, a semi-high-profile case. I hate to mention that it was in all the newspapers because, you know, the articles are still out there calling my guy a thief, but jury didn't think he was. Um, but it was the city of Dallas. Some pencil pusher thought that the HVAC folks that worked for the city were uh spending too much money. So they started auditing things and they found that a bunch of refrigerant was missing. And, you know, we did some investigation and I think we figured out what actually happened to it, but wasn't really something we wanted to say in court either, <laughs> but it yeah. wasn't our guy stealing it. And that was the city just got this in their head that our guy and the people working with them were basically putting it in their pickups and selling it on the black market. Um, So So serious
0: crime, serious allegation.
3: Yeah. And then um, they arrested our guy. Uh, He called a friend of his and said, Hey, you know, we're all in jail. Might've been his girlfriend, but he told her to go back to the house. He had, you know, X amount of dollars in the safe. They can use that to bond everybody out. And the police were listening to that, um, that recording. And then they went, got a warrant to search his house and seize his, all the money in his safe. Then they went to his storage shed and seized a whole bunch of tools, uh, which I didn't really understand how that related to the forfeiture. I mean, if you're saying he's selling stolen tools, then why does he still have them? You know, (laughs) he was taking them home to use them on the job, basically. But Dallas just had it in their head. He stole them and was trying to sell them, just hadn't succeeded yet.
1: Uh, So he was, uh, (laughs) he, he, he had tools that he needed for his job that he kept at the house so he could do his job. So maybe save some time in the mornings and afternoons instead of going to the shop. But he stole them and he's not sold
3: them. Yeah, that that,
1: yeah, yeah. They entered yeah, that just So into far, evidence. I'm like, I don't know that that makes. <laughs>
3: they they had a big receipt of all those tools, and they put it into evidence, and I just picked it up in closing. And said, what even is this? If he so, if he did steal it, hypothetically, they got it all back. It couldn't possibly be a nexus with that and the money they stu- they took. You know, I, I didn't know where they were going with that
2: even with their really, really shitty evidence and, you know, theory, they still, I think at, you know, the, the 10 minutes before the trial or the jury walked in, we were over there and it's just Blake and I, and I think they, even then they were still offering only like 75% return. And, uh, you know, it's one of those deals where you just kind of got to hope that you didn't miss the, the, the obvious evidence or something because we're like we, we couldn't quite figure out why they were so confident or why they were insisting on going to trial on this
3: i think it was 50 they offered and then they said after our guy testifies it goes down to 25 no matter what <laughs> and i think i literally got to put
0: it. in their trial tax right
2: yeah yeah
3: and it- you know, I don't know. I don't want to beat them up too bad over there, but.
2: Oh, I will. Um, Blake, at the, at the closing, Blake was actually did one of the things that we all wish we could do. Um, he, he told the jury that not only does he want a full recovery, but he wants it quickly to send a message. And they came back in about seven minutes and gave us the whole thing. Uh, so that felt pretty good because I mean, yeah, their that. case, their case was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So often,
1: and, you know, it, as criminal defense attorneys, we we have to not be comfortable, but we 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 so often come in second place in a two-party race that when you get a quick uh, verdict of any sort on your side, it feels just real, real good, doesn't it?
3: <laughs> and he, he did say something to – he was kind of mentoring a younger lawyer, and he said something that really chaps my ass that I've heard DAs say over the years. You know, he looked over at his partner and said, well, you can't be afraid to try a case. And I thought, if you're a prosecutor, yeah, you should. Aren't you saying you can't be afraid to lock up an innocent person, basically? Yeah. <laughs> saying Don't be yeah. afraid to yeah. try a shit case. Well, it's probably a shit case because they didn't do it.
1: Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Be be, aff- be wary of trying a case that isn't worth trying especially as a prosecutor, but even as a defense attorney, you know, I, I look at clients occasionally and say, you have every right to go to trial, but this is, if we put this evidence in front of a jury, they're going to hang you out to dry. Right. So, so even yeah. then you have to be smart enough to know what, you know, you, you don't want to try a shit case. Yeah, right. Yeah.
2: I think, so uh, you got I think all she-
1: the money back. Did you get the sa- actual safe back if they took it too?
3: Hmm. I had to talk to him about that. There was some jewelry and other stuff. We got all that
2: back, And I, we had to do some additional research because it took so long getting it back. And, you know, it was a decent amount of money that, you know, you're entitled to the interest um, that the account accrues while it's waiting. And the statute goes into how that's uh, accumulated. But I think Dallas kind of weaseled out saying that they, because they didn't have an interest accruing account, they didn't have to pay that money. So we thought about filing a, an additional claim against them just because it took them so long. But I think we ended up deciding our client decided uh, to not look at gift horse in the mouth. So mouth. So we just took the money and, and called it a day, but so
0: what, I mean, did he get to keep his
2: job? Um, he did not. Well, I mean, he quit while the criminal case yeah. was going on and, you know that was resolved prior to the asset forfeitures, but you know he wanted to go out on his own and start his own deal, which you know wasn't really cap. He wasn't really capable of doing while all this was pending, because uh, that money was what he was going to use to do that. Yeah,
1: yeah it's, but, it's, uh, it's also hard to start a new gig if the paper says that you're a thief.
2: Exactly. Right. You know, and he's, he had all those licenses and everything else. So you know, he was in kind of a tight spot. Jeez, and they Jesus. did. They filed
3: four or five charges on him. He ended up taking a a misdemeanor deferred on a attempting to fudge two hours of overtime once, and they dismissed, <laughs> <Wow>. everything, <laughs> they dismissed everything else.
1: You know, if that's all you come down to, what that what they're saying is, you you were a human and you did something stupid one time, and. Shame on all of us, right? I mean, that's right.
3: worked for the city for I don't know 15 years, and that's the best you could do. Your paperwork didn't match up on your overtime once
2: <laughs> after filing four felonies and I don't know how many newspaper releases and everything else. It was, it was a bad case for them, you know, well, and yeah, guys.
0: Yeah, that's a great result.
2: And well, it, yeah, it's, I mean,
0: it's comical how that the criminal side ended up with uh, with that misdemeanor plea, but. But dang, that's it. I mean, just imagine how terrified your client was when it when all this was first going on and how oh, yeah. relieved he must be.
2: Yeah, it's weird though. It's not like he won 20,000. All he got was right. his money back.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah he so just got a... back. All all that happened was is that he was restored to almost
2: zero. Exactly. Right. 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 He yeah. almost got out of the hole that they put him in. Jeez.
1: What a mess. Well, (laughs) (laughs) again, congratulations to you. And and, and obviously if our listeners have questions about forfeitures uh, in a few minutes, we'll get uh, Nick and Blake's contact info and you can reach out to them personally, but obviously read the code of criminal procedure. Right. Not Um, just
0: 59, also 18.
1: Right. Which means I've got to go read 18 now. Um, So (laughs) guys, we always ask everybody some fun questions because our job is too serious not to have a little bit of fun uh so first question for for both of you favorite band or musical artist
2: i guess mine would be ryan bingham yeah nice but uh i don't know any live country i kind
3: of like i kind of rotate around a little bit but
0: youtube uh, rappers
3: yeah i'll just go with common
1: (laughs) (laughs) common okay common yeah Right, and, and and you can't see him because uh, we don't we don't video this, uh, but we can see we can see the face, and he's over there laughing like he's Elmo. Um, <laughs> so, favorite book or one you'd highly recommend? You may not be your favorite one you've read recently. You're like,
3: hey, this is something you need to read.
2: Oh
3: man, law school kind of broke me of reading for fun. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
2: oh geez, I'm trying to think of what I. I feel like uh, um, I read a lot of the Fifth Circuit, you know, there was a case that came out recently about um, the Michael Morton Act. I know that's not very exciting. This is totally against, but it just came out, I think, March 4th or something. I'm talking about the defense general right to discovery. I thought that was pretty damn fascinating.
1: Yeah, we're actually uh, doing a podcast on that um, here real soon. We actually have that one set up.
2: Yeah. Good, yeah, that's absolutely, uh, I mean, that was, ha- you know, about time, right? Here we are, 2021, and uh, just now getting that uh, in writing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
3: Uh, I've been uh, reading a lot of Steve Rinella books lately. Um, yeah.
0: I like a show I mean, on Netflix, too. It always inspires me to, like, go somewhere. Yeah, not you know not, he's the hunter on youtube is a meat eater is his yeah. show oh, on yeah, netflix yeah. not on yeah. youtube on netflix and uh, yeah he always goes to these like not exotic locations but you know alaska or montana elk Th- those are and pretty all that. exotic well it's not like tropical but whatever anyways yeah. um yeah he, he he's <laughs> a he's a really good writer and producer and all that
1: yeah yeah okay a- andrew you want to give him the last question
0: yeah, guys, what's the uh, best piece of advice you've received either, you know, personally, uh, professionally, as an attorney or not, or, or whatever?
2: I, I'll go ahead. I, go I'm going to actually take one from his dad a long time ago, you know, and I don't know if, hell, I still don't know really probably what he meant or whatever, but probably 15 years ago, he told me that The problem with attorneys today is that they read the law and they think that that's what the law is. And they're um, afraid to, to change it. And I guess his perspective was that a long time ago, lawyers used to kind of think, look at it as an opportunity to, to, to make law. And I guess he had felt that that's no longer the case. I, I don't know if I, if where I am on that, but I've always thought that I should try to read codes and statutes and defenses and think of, you know my clients rights and so on according to that advice and I think that we'd all be better as a profession especially the defense if we took all these crappy laws that keep coming down on us and look at them as an opportunity to change them
3: that's great advice yeah just if it ain't fair just object even if you ain't gonna win even if you don't know what the objection is (laughs) still say something yeah (laughs) what up
1: well, it, <laughs> it, yeah, if, if nothing else, you know, you don't want to do it too many times, but sometimes a, an objection thrown in and, and with a little bit of a pause, at least get someone off of a groove. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, there, there's a movie, I guess, liar, liar, where the guy, where Jim Carrey objects and they said, for what? And he goes, this is ruining my case, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, so it's same idea. Object. Uh, all right. So guys, um, if, if one of our listeners realizes that uh, Andrew and I are not the person they need to help them, and they said, Hey, we want to hire Nick or Blake, how would they
3: get a hold of either one of you? Well,
1: website, website or email yeah. or phone?
3: My website and my email is attorneyblakeburns.com or attorneyblakeburns at gmail.com.
2: Okay. It's Nick at nickdavislaw.com. Um, they can email me or call 817. 817- 720-5656.
0: Cool. Cool. Yeah, we'll leave those on the uh, show notes too for any of our listeners who, you know, just has questions about asset forfeiture or maybe some potential clients out there who uh who need some help from you guys. I,
1: I still don't know how to find the show notes. I thought I did one time uh, and I still I still can't do that.
0: Well, I imagine our listeners are a little bit more tech savvy than Decker is. Um I hope anyways. <laughs> um I'll show you, Grandpa.
1: Put All right, your glasses thanks. on. All right. I got them.
0: Um well, guys, we really appreciate it. Um, I, y- y'all are frequent contributors on the various listservs that that Andrew and I are on. That's that's what gave us this idea to, to have you on the show. Um, and I'm just um, – I'm happy that you guys got a win for your client, and and especially on something where I – you know, it's kind of a, not necessarily obscure, but it's definitely not something we deal with on a daily basis. So just uh, proud of your efforts, I guess, is what I'm trying yeah, to say on Yeah, good
1: this. job, gentlemen. Thank you.
2: Thank you, guys. We appreciate uh, y'all's time, and thanks for having us on. You bet. Anytime.
1: So, as always, uh, you can find us on uh, most of your, your podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, you can find us on the web at texascrimdefense.com, and you can find us on the Facebook. The Facebook. The yeah. Facebook. Well, there's not two of them, so it's, it's the, the... facebook.com thefacebook.com. Right. Don't go to... Okay. Don't, don't do not to uh, a Facebook. Go to the Facebook. And we are Andrew and Andrew on Texas criminal defense there. And we will see
0: y'all next episode. Thanks for listening.